Science. I'm Andy Wood, joined as always by Matt Kirshen. Hey, Andy. How are you doing this morning? Very good. Nice, nice. It's getting, uh, it's finally fall. Fall it, has fallen. I think. It is. Uh, we, we got this episode just before you went off to Portland. Yeah. I, Can we talk about this? I, I'm guessing by the time it goes, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just doing a little thing on Portlandia, which is fun. I haven't been on it before and it's the last season they're doing it. And, yeah, and uh, I think eventually everyone who's associated with Portland has to be on that show. Well, I moved right when, I moved five and a half years ago, right when it was kind of taking off and when everyone I knew in Portland was getting parts. I'm like, wait, why did I leave the one town where I could have gotten a TV credit quickly to come to LA and try to, yeah. So uh, I'm going to move there now. Is that, you <laughs> got, am like, I, my instincts? Left. Yes, this is the right time. <laughs> is this the wrong? It's wait, right the it's hot. <laughs> it, okay. Is the time to come? To, do you love high rent and uh, eight dollar lattes? And I do. I went to college in Eugene, and my oh, family's from that. Portland. My, my my mom's from Portland, so I yeah, I love Portland. But I don't think I'm going to get on Portlandia now. Too late. I think it's a little. I think you the have last... to get on the new thing. Yeah, Eugenia. Sure. Yeah. Eugenics. <laughs> they make Eugenia. I don't think you. I don't think that's the right uh, name. Wait, yeah, Eugenics. Make Eugenia. People from Eugen- <laughs> Eugene. Right? Oh my Eugenics. god, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, of course, is the voice of a uh, comedy legend, best-selling author, reigning monarchs frontman Gregory Barrett. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> people were. I'm sure they were already jumped. They already. Hit, but, oh, there's Gregors. There's Gregors. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, thanks for making the trek all the way, all the way down here. Um, how has your week been so far? Wow, it's already Wednesday, right? Uh, I think it's been pretty good. I'm trying to think of what has happened. Nothing, really. It's good. Yeah, it's been good. Excellent. Yeah. I, um, um, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, it's that thing where you go, oh, what do I have to say? Hmm. What have it's I done? Those kinds of... I rode, I rode my bike two days. And I mean, I ride my, my bike all the time, so that's not that big of a deal. Is that deal. a bicycle or motorbike? I ride a bicycle. Nice. I get, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I ride by my bicycle about 15, 20 miles. Damn. That is incredibly uh, early for a comedian. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. It's, yeah, and it is. It is. Well, I think I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to then do radio. I think right. I, I, I feel like I'm on the road. I'm practicing to be on the road. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, I just like to get up and um, uh, it's the best time to exercise. Yeah. It's... And, uh, and I, have two, I have a family, so I can't, like, you can't really take any of that time. It's really hard to. Yeah. Do you then go for like a mid afternoon nap or do you just nope. not sleep much? Just no, I don't think that much. I yeah, I, it's really beautiful out, and it's easy, and, and riding a bicycle is much easier than you know, as I just ride it. I don't, I don't like, a, I don't race. I don't. You You're know. not. Are you wearing like the uh, postal? No, no, no. <laughs> I drive a, I have a cruiser bike. It's like a, it's okay. like a, it's a stretch cruiser. It's all, it looks like a chopper almost. Uh-huh. It's like it, the handlebars are set up high, and your my legs, you're you're like almost in a recumbent. Okay. It's, yeah, and you just ride. Just chill. It's just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not. So yeah, you're not. it looks like a, it looks like it looks like a a bike. If the guys in social distortion had bicycles, that's what it looks like. <laughs> oh, excellent. It, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I'm I'm not sure what it looks like when I'm riding it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I don't know, know if I mean? maybe because I know you're you're a guitar a guitar dude, so I yeah. thought maybe like you're a gear guy in general, and maybe you went all out with all the biking it, gear too. No, no, no. Well, here's the thing. It's it's. I'm sort of anti. I'm anti. Uh, you know the guys that are like. They're in the peloton. Like I'm against yeah. those. I don't like the guys whose feet go clackety clack clack. Uh, and I don't. Uh, I don't. Oh, the clip. Like, the what do you call yeah. it? Clipless pedals. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a thing. There's a real like. There's a real interesting thing where um you know um everything either becomes a like if something doesn't have a um an end game like when you were a kid when I was a kid when you had a bicycle you just rode bikes you just rode them mm-hmm. right there was no end there was no end game 
There was no, you know... Yeah, people it was sometimes a way to get to your friend's house, but sometimes you just go, hey, do you want to just cycle, cycle right. in a and circle was, for a while? And it wasn't a sport as such. Like, it was a sport, but only for people who did that, and they were usually European. So yeah. it really wasn't like a thing. So you just rode your bike. And then when competition or anything comes in, it ruins the sport, because then that's all the people that make shit care about. Yeah, Because yeah. those are the people that are buying shit. And the basic bike rider is out of the game. So... Um, um, but the cruiser bike is like you know if you ride a bicycle for an hour you burn close to 800 calories yeah like you it, and you're in great and it doesn't hurt and you're not wasted and it's, right, it doesn't yeah. beat you up like running and uh, and you don't have to go any particular speed and you don't have to do it in any particular way and it's really kind of beautiful early in the morning. It's like an incredible way to work out. I'm like sold. I, Where do yeah. I sign up for this, uh, for the recumbent cruiser uh, and I'll show you the bike that I have. The bike that I have is very specific that you really do have to be sitting in this, in the, like the way that I do it. So, because one rotation of the wheels, the wheels are big. Yeah. You're like halfway down the street. <laughs> Just touch it once and you're yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. I, I ride a thing called an electric ghost rider. And it's the only thing I've ever bought in life that went up in my, that has. Uh, no way. A pre, it's like, what's it called? Appreciated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Electric yeah. ghost rider. It's called the electric ghost rider, yeah. Surely some like guitars sometimes appreciate in value, don't they? Or it's hard these days. It's hard for them to. I don't know. I don't think I've owned anything that would have. Yeah, I mean they they, they hold it pretty well. Like I bet that Telecaster I could probably sell for like ninety percent of what I bought it for. But yeah, just because it's American made, but I don't think it ever goes up unless it's like a sixty-five or something. Yeah, I see. There it is. Yeah, that's it. Thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for the yeah, the. It's almost like a penny farthing. No, is that just? It, a it's a penny farthing. It is okay. a penny farthing. I ride a penny farthing, you guys. <laughs> I ride a penny farthing. Mine doesn't have the crazy little handlebars. I mine are just the let's say. But the rims are always colorful like that. No, 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 those are like those are Tricked these out. are all macked out. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's Electra. Oh, Electra. Oh, I see. Got it. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll link to one of there these it is bikes. right there. We'll link Ooh. to one of these bikes over at probablyscience.com. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting really shape. it's really it's, I, I'm not kidding. I've ridden for the last. It's I started. I weighed 196 pounds. I weigh 178 now. I've ridden for like Just three like months. Every morning, it's so beautiful. Yeah, there it's it is. It's like a chopper kind of look. It's right? like a With chopper. The, yeah, like monkey bars. Yeah, that's awesome. It doesn't have the ape hangers, which are the or ape hangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah the ape hangers. But you can and you can customize them. But I'm having it change into an eight speed. From three speed, but anyway, but awesome. I just I really like I feel like especially as an older man like to find things that don't hurt and to, the, to be outside. We're in LA and people don't like take advantage of that. Yeah, LA. and the only time LA is nice is from about four thirty to about <laughs> six. It's like beautiful and I, you know you ride around the neighborhoods. It's all flat in the valley, so it's like yeah, you know it's do that great. Chandler bike path. You ever do that thing? Yeah, yeah, all the time. That's great. I take it out to Burbank and I've gone all the way as far as like uh, like out past you know Reseda. Yeah, yeah. Valley talk. Our Australian listeners will love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the valley. No, I, but I'm always trying to get like comedians to do more outdoorsy stuff. It's always fun when more people are willing to like come try surfing. Like Canaan's gone out a couple times and like. Do you surf? Go. Yeah, yeah. I. Where do you go? Do you go to Surfrider? Sometimes that's that's uh, for listeners. That's the like the place that I think that like California surf culture started right at Malibu Pier. Yeah, Pier. right. And that's pretty crowded, and that's almost too much of a nightmare to even bother. But I go like near there. Or I'll go out to like what time? Do you, when, what time of day do you surf? Well, that's the thing. If I went super early, maybe it'd be. I, I'm never like I'm never like dawn patrol or something. So it's just whenever the. So if you go, because I I I'm I've always I'm bad. I don't care for the. I'm bad at surfing, mm-hmm. but I like paddling. Yeah, it's paddle. Even, like, even uh, that is just a, a bad day of surfing. If you don't catch any waves, you still spent the day in the water. You know, right. 
on a beautiful day. No, but I mean paddle boarding. Oh, paddle board. Okay. I like paddle boarding. Yeah. I like doing the what is it? You know, the Larry Stand Hamilton up, thing. Stand up paddle. Stand up paddle boarding. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do that? That's fun too. Yeah, it's like going for a walk on the ocean. Sort but of. if you take, yeah, it is. But yeah. it's like it's it looks when you watch it, you go, it does not look that cool. But when you're out there, you go, oh, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, and it's hard. It's like you know everything's engaged like your core because it's so hard to stay balanced. Yeah, it's amazing. It, so. Can you if you took that like are you allowed to? Because I, I don't know what the rules of the water are. If you went out to surf rider and paddle boarded, would you be a, would they? Oh, I see. There are some beaches that actually have a line where it says paddleboarders this side, surfers this side. Like San yeah. Onofre has that. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if surf. I, I think because you don't really want to be in the same line unless you're the guy that paddleboards. No, because it's so much bigger. You can catch stuff farther out, so you're going to piss off all the surfers. I, Laird did surf that that break during that once in a lifetime swell that happened two years ago. Yeah, where the waves were, were big enough, he shot through the pier on a on a stand up paddleboard. Oh wow! Yeah, like the waves were almost touching the pier. It was yeah insane. I don't know. I don't want to. I just like to paddle. I don't need to get in the lineup. Yeah. What would yeah. they What would they do if like in the middle of that I was just like in a rubber ring with a beer? <laughs> my god that'd be so amazing uh, there are some guys <laughs> who were trying to be too too like relaxed there was one guy in the lineup at that break one time who had a fishing pole with him like okay I get it you're the coolest chillest dude <laughs> he was fishing while he's waiting for the next oh, set oh man that's amazing fuck you on his surfboard he's yeah. got a MacBook yeah yeah <laughs> just at a Starbucks cup I really think you should be much. out there in a rubber raft I think yeah mm. yeah how how nonchalant can you be you like in, Exa- a, in uh, a tuxedo with a- <laughs> have you have you ever gotten into a conversation at the, out there uh, rarely do I talk to someone I don't already know out there, but everybody else is very like places like Topanga that are super local. People love to talk loudly with people they know to show that they're local, you know, mm-hmm. and have inside jokes with people. You're like, fuck you, just fucking surf, you know. Just surf. And you've seen so many like fights break out that don't usually get to actual blows, but uh, people getting super passive aggressive with other people and. You know what I mean? Like just local shit. Like if someone's not, if they don't recognize you as a regular there. They'll try to like fuck with you if it's if it's a really crowded day and a good and a, the swell's big or something. It's really yeah yeah. I mean, I just I hate that like surfing has this reputation as being the chillest thing ever, and then it has so many. Not here. No, here, here literally has the like. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go get punched? Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it more is. And I'm like, I oh, just can't. Why can't we all be? We're fucking surfing. Like, if you can't be happy here, what is the rest of your life like? You know, I started, my wave. Yeah. No one else gets this wave. Well, I, started, I get it when it gets crowded. Like, it does get super crowded, and you can get hurt. So. I get it in a way, but it sucks. And do you uh, do you uh, longboard or, you, or uh... Uh, both? I have actually. I had to sell my longboard because now that I live in a low ceiling apartment, so all I have is up against the right there. There's three eight foot boards and then two six something you can't see behind the fridge. Right. But two of those are just the Costco things that are those foam ones. There. Yeah. You can just that's like a hundred bucks, and you can bang around on them. It doesn't matter. Like you can't ding them, and you can't hurt anybody really. So if I have oh, really? friends visiting, I'll, yeah, if you want one, take it. I, I don't know why I have two. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I think I'm going to, I really do think I'm going to, because now I have this, I sort of have this found skill of getting up at four. Yeah. Like I have this th- ability and I have to take my bike in to get it um, um, turned into, it's going to take a couple of weeks to take it from three to eight gears. That's So I thought about getting a paddle board and going out and just paddling, mm-hmm. just paddle serving. But I don't want to get punched. And I don't want to have to hit somebody with a paddle. But if you don't care about actually riding the waves and you just want to do it. No, I don't. Then, no, no one's going to care. If I know. You, you can just breeze past. it when you come in. No, no, no. I just like yeah. the actual paddling. It's really good for you. Yeah. And yeah. you feel like you're, like you just feel, like you said, you're like you're just breezing across the top of the water. How hard, like, I know, I've tried surfing once, like when I was in Australia a few years ago, mm-hmm. we took lessons, like a lesson once, and I basically, like I, f- I, uh, when you're learning to surf, I'm sure now for you is one fluid movement, but you go from like paddle the paddling position to like a kind of crouching position to a standing position. Yeah, 
and I got to the crouching position once. Like that was yeah, the, yeah. Like it's, that was it. That was it for me. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's way pad- harder than it looks. It's is not- paddleboarding easier to stand up? Like, can you, can you sort of get up in one lesson or in one? Oh one, yeah. the first attempt. The boards are wide, and then they have yeah. grip on the top of them, and you just center yourself in the center of the board. And then you stand and you plant your feet on both sides. I mean, for some reason, I was able to do it really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the paddling. It's not too difficult, I, I didn't think. And then all of a sudden, you're out there in the water. You're doing something. Whereas surfing, you're like, I, I'm too old to learn anything now. <laughs> I, I can, I can, I'll work on the things I already know how to do. But I don't know about learning a whole new thing. And surfing is really, you have to surf a lot to, to yeah. do it. You really do. It takes way longer than you There's a lot to understand. Hey Greg, we always the parking lot, <laughs> politics. <laughs> so do, we, much. do we actually do the story about the artificial wave? Those girls are the same age as your daughter stops. You know, you don't know in a bathing suit. It's so hard to tell. Was there an actual story about artificial wave? Yeah, um, we well, yeah, just got sent deal. in a while ago. I don't think we ever did it. What's his name? He's got his own, Kelly Slater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear about that. While you're bringing that up, I'm going to utilize this newfangled uh, TV here and show you. Oh, look at that. Layered shooting the pier. I'll also link to this. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's annoying sound. But um, yeah, that's layered on a stand-up paddle board during this... Uh, oh, wait. Yeah. During this legendary break that came through, and I was fucking gone for it. Like a once-in-a-lifetime... Oh, my God. He's unreal, man. Yeah. He really is like... It's oh, insane. look at that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll link to this so you guys... I hate to talk about things you can't... Listeners can't hear, but um, is he? Is he? Would you say he's better at like that stuff than both of you? <laughs> no way! No, I'll I fight that not. motherfucker. Look at him. Yeah. That guy puts his shirt on better than I do. <laughs> he, I mean, look. He's married to a pro volleyball player, right? Yeah, yeah, Gabriel Ruiz. Yeah. So he lives in Hawaii, uh, and uh, he's friends with Ben Stiller, and I, I, I know Ben a, a little. My wife and his wife are very, very close, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so Ben uh, took me out paddleboarding. Was the first one of the first times I did it. Oh my god, that shot's amazing! Um, and uh, I rode on his boards. Oh, cool. He has his own line of boards because he invented the sport, I believe. I'm not yeah. sure. And so <laughs> yeah, I rode, I rode on the Laird Hamilton thing board. So it was neat. It, we went, went to where his he where where he drops in he, on a part of his property. You know, all the, all the holy great, shit, all the rich people know each other. They all <laughs> there's a tunnel that they all are in. <laughs> I, I called the tunnel. I was like, "Who'd you see in the tunnel today?" It was uh, and Ben? Who'd you see in the tunnel? I saw Kanye. He was in the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was. Uh, who else was in the tunnel? Sean Penn. No, Sean Penn was in the tunnel. In the famous tunnel. There's Clooney? a famous tunnel Clooney's? for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on this tunnel. They all they all go. Oh my god, isn't this crazy? How fucking rich are we? Holy shit! It's hard staying up here though, huh? Yeah. yeah you don't want to get out of the tunnel. Holy fuck. Ben told me a story about being, and I've heard this story from other people who have had the same experience of uh, meeting Kanye and and him and his um, producing partner, who's a friend of my Matt. They um, were made. Kanye took him out to his limo and made them listen to a new record. I think it was like two records ago, uh-huh. and um, he made them sit in the back and they cranked it, and then he sang along to it. Oh my God! And they played the entire album. The and those guys were like, yeah, at some point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, That's like, so bold, though, to be able to do that. Yeah, and I would love to be to experience that. But I would, even though I'd be excited that I was there to see that, I would still be embarrassed on his behalf as I'm. Yeah, sitting yeah, in, yeah. And know. I'd want it to be over. Like I don't love him. Like 
I, I like his music, but I don't like it enough to go an entire album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even by myself, <laughs> let alone with him, just like the pressure. That's a lot of pressure. It's like when somebody like stares directly in your eyes as they play a song, like a guitar play. Like I hate when someone like looks oh, yeah. right at you. If you're like in this kind, if you picked up that guitar and started playing and looked right at me, I couldn't look at you. It'd have to be like, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't find the wave story. So uh, let's ask oh, you okay. this, because Greg, we'd like to ask our guests this before we get into the meat of the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? And it could just be a class you liked or a class you hated as a kid or something you blew up in the woods. Or God, I don't know. Um, I mean, I liked, I liked my science teacher in grammar school, Mr. Manzanello. Um, he was a... Uh, but he was just a character. Yeah. Uh, and then... One day he was sick, and we had a, a sub, and his name was Lank. The best name ever. His name was Lank Felson, and Lank was super tall, and um, Scandinavian he, gentleman. He, what was that Scandinavian gentleman? Yeah, probably. Like. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And he had like horn rim glasses, but long hair, and he had the biggest penis anyone had ever seen and he wore it and Sarah he wore a pair of like you know at the time whatever like sort of a sort of a greenish poly like a dark polyester or rayon trouser and his penis just lay there like it was so it was one of those things, he's just like it's just like where were you when you saw the biggest cock ever in a pair of pants as in science <laughs> Mr. Manginello had taken ill. He would later uh, leave the school for dating a fifteen-year-old. But anyway, um, Mr. Emerald, that Lang Felsen came in and just brought his enormous cock, and we remembered his entire name. Uh, yeah, and later on that day, Lang would be substituting in French, and he would, uh, Danny Draper would push his buttons, and Lang would take Danny and throw him into a wall and break his nose, and then not, we'd never see him or Danny again. Yeah, so that's what my background in science. <laughs> When I was dating Janine Garofalo, though, I read a, a, a feminist guide to physics, oh. and I did try and, and go down the Richard Feynman. Uh, uh, you know, I he's tried, an interesting dude. Yeah, yeah, but I couldn't. I, you know, I, uh, I'm all for science, but I, uh, I don't have <laughs> a great theory. understanding. Yeah. yeah, I'm back. I mean, now that now that true, now that I have kids. Yeah, you know, um, you want to, you want to encourage them to get yeah, into truths and honors biology. Oh, cool. So yeah, nice. And there's no no uh, no nose breaks and big cocks so far that you've heard. Hopefully, about. no big cocks. I mean, I don't know about. It. I mean, we just did not. You know, what I mean, like there's a thing where we're like the girls were like, girls were just blushing like nobody knew how to. Everyone deal knew with it. it. Everyone everyone could see it. It yeah, wasn't just, like you had to. Oh no no no! Yeah. I mean, he was sitting up on the he sat up on the thing and it just lay there like it was like he brought an alligator with him. And his, that it was, was so. It was fashion so, of the times was you wore pants tight enough you had to pick a side. It addressed to he had to, to pick a side. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was right down his right leg. Like have you seen uh, "Song Remains the Same"? Robert Plant. Yeah. Just nothing to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a, of everything. Yeah. There's some old famous pictures of Eddie Van Halen too. Or his. <laughs> it's just. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you just got it. There's no place to put it. I have not had that problem. I mean, mine can go covert easily, but it, you know. <laughs> it's a good problem to have. Yeah. I. Uh, I. Uh, yeah. I don't go Lang Felsen with it. <laughs> Lang Felsen. No. Broke the kid's nose though, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Danny. You know that thing where like a kid. I mean, it's that thing where you kind of go. He did deserve it. He was a dick. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you're a teacher and he was a, you know, we were in eighth grade, you know, and he took Danny's face and, you know, it didn't end well for Danny. 
but um but uh, he was lo- trouble a lot of pent-up rage with the scandinavians i feel like you know yeah swallow they just misunderstood stuff we don't even know people are like which one where are you sweden or i don't know what scandinavia is dude yeah. it's not it's one of those things that's not an important european <laughs> it's not in england I'm still. We're all still trying to figure out what's the United Kingdom and blah blah blah. Right, right, right. right. Oh, I know, but that's <laughs> I not really. I get. I I basically have to break that down once every three months or so to, to a someone different who American. doesn't understand what the yeah. But but also that's because it is legitimately confusing. Like the only reason I knew, the only reason that I know that Northern Ireland that that, Nor- that Great Britain plus Northern Ireland equals the United Kingdom is because my passport says on it the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Oh. So okay. I'm like, okay, oh, that must be the, the, that must be the, that's the equation. So it's Eng- England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Those, is that it? Yeah, that's the United Kingdom plus yeah. a few little islands, like a few little, little islands and if you just around the edge. Wales, Scotland, England, England, that's Great Britain. Yes. Got it. And you, then, if you add Ireland, that's nothing. You never well, add Ireland, you know. Uh, well, Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, is a complete is as separate a country as like France. It's legally yeah. like has its own currency and everything. But the British Isles is a geographic term that okay, refers right, right, to right. the whole geographic mass that it would include Ireland. Right. That's not a political union in any way. Yeah. That's just like a geographical notation. Yeah, just. Uh, uh, share a language also and yeah, yeah and yeah. just from the sky that's these are the british isles right. um but yeah ireland is ireland separate nice although maybe not quite as separate as france because you can get the train between northern ireland and ireland without you don't have to show your passport at the border generally like, oh okay but after that it's all very difficult yeah. i mean in terms of well everybody basically knows you know everyone knows who participated in world war 2 and then after that it's you know anything else like you know you're like Belgium, where's Sweden, yeah, Switzerland, anything. Austria is sort of is that part of Germany? You know what I mean? Like people are very, it's very vague. Yeah, once you get east of Germany, um, I start to uh, like if I had an um, unlabeled map, I would be oh, uh, I, I could show you Czech Republic. I could show you. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I, actually, I'm not even sure I would know exactly where. I'm admitting to. Yeah, I uh, definitely lose it with all the former Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a. Whatever the USSR scattered into, right, I've, right. I've completely lost track of where I, I couldn't. There's no way I could tell you. I couldn't point to Hungary on a map. I don't think. I think I could do Hungary, but I certainly could. I'd miss like the Ukraine. I'd certainly miss like Kazakhstan. Yeah, Kazakhstan's pretty big though. It That's is. a surprisingly big. There's some trivia factoid about how surprisingly big that is. I forgot what it is, but. Uh... <laughs> there's Kazakhstan surprisingly big. That's on surprisingly the, on big the is on there. That's yeah, there. Yeah. That's there. They have to tell you that. <laughs> They're legally obligated to tell you that. Yeah. Should we get into some stories, Matt? Yeah, let's do that. What do you want to kick off with? Um, do you like uh, cod accents? <laughs> yeah, I do. That's a, that's a great little <laughs> segue. Do you there. like cod accents? We that just got an email sent in this just story. this morning. Yep. Uh, and by the way, you can always send emails to probablyscience at gmail.com. I know we probably picked up some new listeners thanks to your Star Talk episode. Yeah. Like yesterday, we had the biggest download day ever. Um, so that, that's got to be. Thanks to you and, and StarTalk. Um, that, this was sent in by listener Andrew. There's no last name, but thank you, Andrew. Uh, so scientists are attempting to discover if Cornish cod moving north with climate change will be able to understand the accents of their Scouse counterparts. It's a little bit of editorializing right, there. But, Specifically choosing Scouse. Yeah. Experts believe the fish, which makes sounds with their swim bladders to attract mates, may have regional accents. And if mates cannot chat up females who speak a different dialect, it could threaten their ability to breed. Uh, there are also concerns that noise pollution from boats and other marine activities could be drowning out the gossip 
cod need to establish territories there's a lot of things in inverted commas here there's a lot of quotes quotation marks um but that they need to establish territories raise the alarm and for mating uh, Professor Steve Simpson from the University of Exeter, who's leading the research, said cod had a series of vocalizations with the ability to change the patterns of their sounds, producing thumps, growls, and different frequencies. Uh, they have different spawning grounds, making populations quite isolated in reproduction, a process in which mates produce a sound to stimulate the females to release their eggs. So cod are pretty much just like us. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like, you just make a sound. My standard eggs. makes people release their eggs. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> That's actually a thing. I, I actually have people, but not uh, not their inside eggs. I make people bring, oh, uh, bring yeah, they bring Jerry eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I and then you hold them, and I see if I can make you laugh so hard. The uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of unbroken eggs go home. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, up until this moment, I'd never thought about the life of a cod ever. Never never considered right? what a cod's day to day. Never thought about a cod. Never until this until yeah. right now. Never thought. I never even thought of it as a fish. It's simply only ever been a meal. It's a, it's a dish. I mean, I know it's a fish, fish, but I never even considered it. And it's out. I don't know what it looks like. It's a living thing. I don't know what it looks like as a like a just as You've a. You've never fish. seen it free of batter. No, Unbattered. I've never seen it not at a Japanese state. restaurant huh? in miso. Um, apparently, the recordings of American cod are very different to those from the European cousins. So there is a precedent. The species is highly vocal. With traditional breeding grounds established over hundreds of thousands or hundreds or thousands of years. So the potential for regionalism is there. With climate change, sea temperatures are rising and cold water species such as cod are migrating north. So there we go, there are cold water species. Um, if different regions. What does your dad do again? He studies cod. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? He studies the sounds that cod make. <laughs> what is cod? It's a fish. Oh, oh, the, oh you mean like the restaurant fish, cod? <laughs> yes. Wait a minute. But sometimes it lives out in water before you eat it. Like right, an and then but and so there's they have voices. Well, they make noises. Fuck. <laughs> Are you close to your dad? No, <laughs> no, no. We don't have a. Yeah. We don't really have a great relationship. He's not a bad person, but he's just not much fun to talk to. <laughs> he's rarely there. He's often in cold water. He's married to the sea. As they oh my say. god! Totally. Yeah. Um, Simpson has studied fish on coral reefs and found they are susceptible to noise pollution. And new research aims to see what is going on in the UK seas amongst fish such as cod and haddock, which also use vocalizations. Haddock, obviously, another famous battered mm-hmm. f- fish. Um, where, what, where are cod uh, most commonly found? What is there? Well, where, I, are they, where are they? Uh, the ones in the UK. Well, I, I know there was a campaign for a while to sort of reduce the amount of co- cod eaten in the UK. Because they were becoming semi-endangered. Oh, really? But like cod, haddock, and place are the three main fish types that you find in like fish and chip shops. Did you say place? Yes. P l a c e. P l a i c e. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, yet. that's why I like cod. That's right. I forgot that is like the main. That's like the that's, that's the key. Well, that's the key fish and chip one, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a whole book about. Uh, I'm trying to find this. There's a book called Cod about the history of cod and um, it's. Oh come on. <laughs> And it's it's history with no like man the American history of cod dude you gotta read it Netflix is working up this thing right now for <laughs> it's uh, yeah Netflix Did you see the thirty for thirty on cod <laughs> wait I thought that was a sports thing yeah but dude you gotta see it it's about these fishermen it's so good and also there was a rape I guess <laughs> allegedly 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 yeah. is that how all thirty for thirties end up yeah okay yeah. well that, there's a lot of no the thirty thirty well the good. The 30 for 30s are amazing. Right? I don't even love sports that much. But no, I'll watch me 30, either. I watched the shit out of a 30 for 30. Yeah. Without bias. Have you seen that one? 
No, the I didn't realize how much of like uh, cocaine, like the '80s, um, how much of of uh, like drug um, what's the legislation came out of the death of Len Bias. Just this one guy's really? freak death on like he was partying that. after he um, got drafted and just did a line and and had a heart attack. Yeah, and yeah. that was it. That was what kicked off like. That's what got Nancy Reagan into the just say no stuff. Like yeah. everything came like the increased criminalization of cocaine. And, yeah, wow, and of crack and yeah. Um, so yeah, this so are these cod going to be fucked when they encounter? Uh, see, they're well, saying it's going to hurt because they they might have a different accent. But what if that accent is seen as exotic, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, like right, like like, like the and way then, Irish you, people do, you clean do better up. in the UK. Yeah, like an exchange well, student. Clean, no one gets like, mean, like an exchange uh, student, right? That's yeah, uh, yeah. All accents clean up over here. Yeah. American accent, there's no place. Well, no, someone... I would say the German accent doesn't do anything for <laughs> well, Yeah, that still makes people nervous because it's all Hogan's heroes. People are like, what is, <laughs> I don't, or whatever. You know. But is there a country yeah. where having an American accent makes you exotic? I don't think there's a place in the world. Not someone... exotic, but I, I will say, like, in the UK, an American accent has both positive and negative connotations. Like, there's an initial, like, oh, American, but also tempered with a bit of, oh, American. American. Like, there's, okay. a, there is a, like, there's both things going on at the same time. Yeah. I, I think that's true. In Australia, too, I think that's the same yeah. thing. And also, you know? there's still the history of like the American GIs coming over in the war, you know, and impregnating all In a good or bad the... way. No, and like, but, you know, both bad, again, both sort of like, ah, fucking Americans, but also knocking up all the UK women, like coming over with their good nylon stockings <laughs> right. gifts. Right, right, right. I've been like still... That. I Was tried that? that for I tried that for years. Yeah, just still nylon stockings. Yeah, I remember. I remember you in Edinburgh that year where you showed That's, up with I, I just, you handing out nylons to everyone. <laughs> I should have had an act. I really should have worked on an act. That would have been so helpful. Because you're like, hey, women who are still drawing a fake seam up the back of their leg. Hey, look what I've got. Eyeliner pencil. Yeah. I always yeah. forget. Did 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 leg shaving become a thing because of rationing of nylons, or did uh, no, it did nylons it. become a thing because of rationing of razors? There was like. What, oh, something really? about World War II rationing affected that either might... wearing stockings or or shaving your well, legs. Well, there was def- I think there might have been some way. of that then because there was definitely rationing of stockings, but there was um, but I thought the main reason or there was female shaving really took off was a campaign from Gillette. Oh, like, really? Gillette Real. I think it was Gillette. Or it might have been Wilkinson sword. It was one of the big razor companies in like the twenties or thirties realized that they can double their market if they just really heavily suggest through advertising that women should shave on the regular. Okay. Which reminds me, do you know about the, how, how we got tricked into thinking that ham and, that bacon and eggs is like what you're supposed to eat for breakfast? Do you uh, know the story behind the that? bacon and egg no. marketing board? Sort of, yeah. It was Sigmund Freud's nephew, this guy named Edward Bernays, who's considered the, the father of, of, of PR, of Mark, or of, yeah, godfather of PR. Um, he back before this time, people Americans would traditionally just eat like toast or something really light. And he just asked this doctor friend of his. He's like, "Hey, would it, would it be good if people ate?" Oh, he was like commissioned by Beech Nut, this company that made a lot of bacon and packaged meats. And and he asked this doctor like, "Would it be better for people to have like a heavy breakfast?" The doctor's like, "Sure, I guess so." He's like, "Can you email or <laughs> email?" Yeah, Can you email? Like, I can't. No, I don't, I don't even know what you're saying. Can you tweet that? Can you nope, again? Still. Uh, can you mail a fi- five thousand other doctors and ask if they would concur with that opinion? And so they did that. They sent out all these things. And so, yeah, the do- other doctors, it's not like they were like spontaneously saying, yes, we should all eat heavier breakfast. But the like, doctor was like, would you also agree that Amer- people like, would be yeah, I guess. have your breakfast? Like, yeah. So then they like, put out press releases. I think he might have invented the press release, maybe even, that was like 5,000 doctors say we should be eating 
heavier breakfasts like uh, bacon and eggs, and uh, that's that was only like a hundred years ago, and that, that's, that's how so bacon smart. and eggs became. Yeah, it is campaign for it. Um, by the way, uh, boats can avoid cod spawning grounds at key times to help this, uh, um, and research vessels such as the David Attenborough, which others may know as Boaty McBoatface, McBoatface, yeah, are being designed to be quiet. And uh, Simpson is discussing soundscapes, fish dialects, and his team's research at the Into the Blue Science Showcase in Liverpool, run by the Natural Environment Research Council. So get down there, COD fans. <laughs> oh, my God. People who love COD. Oh, the in- Into the Blue. It is in October. It's coming up. When is it? Let's find the dates. Why is the date not on the front page? Do you have your, do you have your costume together yet? There's so many COD cosplayers that come out for that thing. It's really oh fun God. to see the lengths they'll go, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Codcause is huge. Codcause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not as big as um, Coscause, which is uh, people who dress up like dress Cosby. Like Cosby. Yeah, yeah. My oh. favorite thing is, is just the diversity of cod pieces that show up at a cod cos- <laughs> oh, cosplay. Oh, my God. People get so... Wait, what are we celebrating? They get very confused. <laughs> um, guys. Do a bummer of a story. And listeners up. at home. No, this is sad. Uh, into the blue Liverpool. 4th to the 7th of October. Uh, Last week. It's already happened? God. It's already happened. What is that? The the, the COD Council research re- uh, thing. <laughs> the festival. Oh, 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 right. It's already happened. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's always yeah. next year. Oh, man. I missed the Burning Man this year and the fucking Natural Environment Research Council. Oh, man. Those are or the no, two Into best. the Blue Science Showcase. Those are the two best. Right? Two. I mean, it's a lot of the same people, so you really want to pick yeah, one or the other. That's true. That's true. <laughs> a lot of the same people. It is a lot of the same people. Con- they do draw from that same crowd. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, speaking of Europe stuff, how do you feel about going into the uh, World War Two era story that was sent to a listener that may or may not be sciencey, but is pretty awesome? Yeah, I don't know what this sort of counts as forensic history. Um, this is a, this is a book that came. I, I read a long article about this. And I, I don't know how true it or how backed up it is, but mm-hmm. there definitely seems to be some good evidence that was previously not really discussed that uh, the Nazis and Hitler's troops and generally a lot of a lot of uh, the stuff Germany was up to in the 30s and 40s was heavily fueled by drugs and specifically uh, a crystal meth style drug called pervitin or pervitin. Do you know that, Greg? I do know that um, that crystal meth uh, or methamphetamine was invented by the Japanese oh, really? uh, in the late 1800s, and it was a bit, definitely a part of World War II for them. Oh, oh yeah, all the kamikaze, all the, all the kamikaze pilots, and well, that's all those, this, the storm yeah, 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 no, and I've heard this theory before that Hitler was. I mean, somebody even broke it down to uh, to um, like watch him speak, watch him behave. Like there's <laughs> drug behavior in it. He's sniffling. Yeah, there's no, but the pa- the manic, right? Was right. like there. I can't remember. Somebody was explaining it to me the other day, but a while a while ago. But yeah, so yeah, I definitely think Hitler was on speed. Yeah, yeah, Hitler was. Yeah, but yeah, they they think that that um, contributed to the the troops feeling invincible because yeah. of this. By this the way, drug. What do we think? What do we think Trump's sniffing is? 
on the basis of no actual information. Or I mean, it could evidence. just be allergies or something. I mean, it's it kind of, be he's not actually on coke during the debate. There's no way he. I don't think so. I think he's got. That, I think he's just got. You know, he's just an old man. Has got. He's just got. Yeah, he's, or he's yeah. got some sinus condition. Yeah. Or he's got a deviated septum for some reason. Right. But he's. But the weird thing is, he doesn't do that in his other. He doesn't. You don't hear that in his rallies or when he's being interviewed on the news. It's just the last two debates he's been doing it. I didn't even notice him doing it until someone else would put it out afterwards. I don't remember it being that. Frequent. I remember noticing it. But was it like, like twice or something? Or was, I, my, go- it's a my girlfriend times. thought that was his tell. Like that's his. <laughs> that's someone, funny. Someone else was. Um, uh, I read some behavioral person on the news when they're making these wild assertions was saying that's a. It's it's an aggression sign. It's a sign of uh, it's, it's a sign of dominance or oh him attempting God. dominance. This is making me so self conscious because right now I have to sniffle and I have, nah, I'm not doing. I'm, my nose is going to run because I don't want to make the noise. But he seems so incredibly insecure in the last one. Like I thought he I thought he really lost. Oh yeah, the pacing was so fucking hilarious. Oh, when he's he just ba- lurking he's behind a, Hillary. He's such a baby. I mean, it's just insane. He's a gigantic baby. Yeah. Uh, Jane, Jane Goodall was comparing his behavior to a silverback, a thread in <laughs> silverback. But I think Jane Goodall compares everything to gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like, you know, when when all you have is oh, a, no, hammer. Have a hammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Jane, we get it. You work with apes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Nazis, uh, so. This book is called uh, Der Total Rosh, which means Total Rush, published in Germany last week. Um, author Norman, Norman Oller reveals the key strategic role of the methamphetamine-based drug manufactured from 1937 onwards by the Nazis under the brand name of Pervitin and distributed among the armed forces. It was marketed as a pickup pill, which was designed to combat stress and tiredness and create feelings of euphoria. And in the beginning, the army didn't realize Pervitin was a drug. Soldiers just thought it was like drinking coffee. But the Nazi leadership was well aware of Pervitin's value as a stimulant during combat. After having tried it in 39 during the German invasion of Poland, the German army subsequently ordered 35 million tablets of Pervitin for soldiers before advancing on France in the spring of 1940. And uh, this is, of course, interesting because um, the Nazis were against drugs. I didn't know about this, but like they would. Uh... Yeah, Hitler was Hitler was would at least publicly promote a clean and drug drink and drug and smoking free lifestyle. And he said that they, they rejected recreational drugs such as cocaine, opium and morphine, which were readily available in Germany during the thirties and condemned them as Jewish. <laughs> and oh. They're on meth. Uh, yeah. It says, oh. they condemned them as Jewish. <laughs> Coke, oh. opium and morphine are, yeah. So Jewish. Jew, Jew drugs. Yeah. I gotta Jew say, drugs. as as the only Jew in the room, I am also the only person in the room currently on coke, uh, morphine, <laughs> and, morphine and, and right, right, shooting right, up right. as we speak. I'm yeah. amazed you. Can I didn't want to say something when I came in, but it was so obvious. And then I was like, "Why oh, is a Jew?" Yeah, there's you like know, spoons yeah. all over the place. That are, why are those? Yeah. Um, it does say the invasion of France shocked the world. In four days, Hitler's tanks captured more French territory than German troops had managed in the, to secure in four years of the First World War. And Pervitin helped the invading Nazis stay awake, awake, keep going, and apparently feel great. Uh, Ola bases his findings on months of research at military archives in Germany and the US and historians say his revelations will change current perceptions of Germany's wartime military role the fact that the Blitzkrieg was a war fueled by drugs once again debunks the theory that the German army was clean says German historian Hans Momsen Um, the second world war general Erwin Rommel the desert fox is said to have consumed Pervitin as as if it was his daily bread Um, and Ola explains how um, yeah, the Third Reich chemists were encouraged to find an alternative stimulant more suited to an Aryan master race than these Jewish drugs. The Nazi chemist Fritz 
House Child wow. came up with Pervitin. I mean, they just used Jewish for everything. Yeah. Who yeah. made these Jewish sandwiches? <laughs> I did not like the. This is definitely a Jewish sandwich. It's not a Jewish sandwich. It's just, it's salami. Someone it's wrote, a Jewish, I don't <laughs> like just it. Just admit you don't like mayonnaise. Yeah, God. <laughs> nope, it's the Jews again. It's not, you can't blame every, Hitler. Sounds like someone woke up on the now, Jewish side of the you, bed this oh morning. Oh my God, yeah. you've got to stop saying that. Look, you can't blame everything. You're, you have to be specific. Uh, the Nazis wanted Pervitin to rival Coca-Cola. So people took it, it worked, they were euphoric, Ola explains. To ensure that millions of German housewives on the home front were not left out, they also developed chocolates containing the drug. Perfect. Oh my god, that's uh, amazing. When you put out chocolates that have this in it, does it have to have like potential side effects? And, and, like genocide is listed as one of the possible... <laughs> yeah. I just love that it was, and they had to do... Dry mouth uh, and genocide? But they, they, for women, they had to do chocolate. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. You know? Well, it was like that. I'll put it in their shoes. You know oh, how women classic. love shoes. They love them. They love them. Um, the book also provides insights into the role of Hitler's personal physician, Dr. Theodore Morrill. The author reveals that Morrill managed to conceal the fact he was Jewish by joining the Nazi party before the war and obtaining new papers. Um, Morrill is said to have made virt- Hitler completely dependent on drugs by turning into a virtual junkie by the time he committed suicide in his bunker in 1945. Uh, Ola gained access to Morel's notes, which revealed he gave Hitler a total of 800 injections over a period of 1,349 days. But more telling are his revelations about Hitler's growing dependence on a drug called Eucadol, which is a pain-killing narcotic with double the strength of conventional morphine. He disclosed that Hitler was first given the drug before a meeting with Mussolini in 1943, at a point when Hitler was consi- when Italy was considering backing out of its alliance with Nazi Germany. After two Eukadal injections, the Nazi leader felt so good he was able to convince Mussolini to stay with Germany for the time being. Um, I can't imagine someone basically being strung out on heroin and being a good negotiator. Like, I don't picture a lot of junkies uh, having good diplomatic skills. Like, well, kind of just sleepy, I guess right? you've never seen Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I read a, another article about this thing as well that was also talking about how... Um, they give it to the U-boat uh, people on missions because they're like, well, we, we want them to be able to stay up for these three, four-day missions right, to reach right. the target without sleeping. But well, then sure... what they found out was after like day three, they started to hallucinate and... Yeah, well, we do, don't we? I mean, I'm sure we give, you know, maybe not those extreme stimulants, but like fighter pilots, I'm sure, get like, uh, I'm sure, hopped up trucker, trucker speed, you know, like no There goes. is a drug, and I can't remember what it's called. I'm looking it up now. But uh, which I haven't tried, but a friend of mine has that is was developed to give to fighter pilots, and it's like the next generation of keep you awake drugs because it doesn't have any euphoria; it just shuts off the bit of your brain that tells you you're tired. Oh wait, wait didn't this sounds like something we talked about? We the have show. talked about yeah, this. Yeah, I forgot show. about this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds a little crazy. Uh, it's called Provigil. There we go, or Provigil rather. That makes more sense. I probably mispronounced it the same way. The first time we talked about this on the show. Uh, yeah, Provigil or Modafinil. We've definitely talked about this on the show before. Yeah. Uh, is a weakness promoting agent or uh, eugeroic used for treatment of disorders such as narcolepsy, shift work, sleep disorder, and excessive daytime sleepiness associated with sleep apnea. It's also seen widespread off label use as a, pur- as a purported cognition enhancing agent. In English-speaking countries, it's sold under the brand names of Alertec, uh, Modavigil, and Provigil. Or Provigil. Yeah. 
in the United States. It's classified as a uh, Schedule 4 controlled substance and is restricted in availability and usage due to concerns about possible addiction potential. In most other countries, it is a prescription drug but not otherwise legally restricted. The mechanism was initially unknown, but now it appears the drug acts as a selective, relatively weak, atypical dopamine reuptake inhibitor. However, it appears that other additional mechanisms may also be at play. So uh, it doesn't work the way caffeine does, which I think is uh, something with adenosine that we talked about on the sleep episode a while back. Yeah, it'd be, I'd, I'd love to talk to... If you listen back, it was about two or three years ago we did a live episode... Um, with Matt Walker, Matt yep. Walker, who is a expert in sleep from, uh, from based Berkeley. in San Francisco, yeah, and yeah, I had no idea how fascinating sleep is and how much there was to know about it, and like we barely scraped the surface in an hour yeah, and a half yeah. of talking to him. Open it up to the questions from the audience, and everybody has like you know we know, we know nothing about sleep. We spend so much of our lives doing this, and, we and how absurdly it. important it is. Yeah. Well, they are finding that. I mean, there's a um, uh, in my. Uh, uh, True goes to a school called Campbell Hall, and um, in her, um, what's it called? What do they call it? It's not health. It's called uh, human. Um, it's not humanities. Anyway, she uh, is it humanities? Maybe it is humanities. Is it like an arts? Like a or, no? It's a health. It's oh, like a health class. Okay. Okay. But anyway, the teacher there is like, uh, like a, just a, a heavy duty like. You gotta get eight hours. Oh you yeah, you have to. It's it's almost it's almost criminal to make somebody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. she's so down with like what it does for the psyche and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's so weird because I now probably I go to bed uh, maybe around if I'm lucky. I, I try to go to bed at nine, but I don't. Wow, nine o'clock. But I get it before. Right. Yeah. So that's that's seven. That's, but for the most part, I go to bed at eleven, and I get up at four. So I'm doing what is that? So that's uh, five, five hours sleep. That's not. I've been doing between five and six hours uh, of sleep. How does uh, that also long? work with? Yeah, because because you do stand up in the evenings, and if you're at a club, then you've, you're talking. Well, then it all changes. Like I'll leave. So like I'll go. I'll I'll take off, and I'll leave on Thursday. Right. I'll fly there, and then I'll then I then I don't have my bike, and I don't get up, and I yeah, sleep, yeah. and. You know, I'll catch up on the weekends or whatever. Uh-huh. But, um, um, but yeah, six hours, I feel better. If I sleep over, I feel ti- more tired. Really? I don't know why, but I don't feel like it's... I don't know if there's a... I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. But w- was that a thing that just changed at a certain point in your life? Were you always... You could always get by on six. Like, could you get by on six when you were I like can always 22? get by because I sleep really... I, I sleep. You sleep hard. I sleep hard. I sleep hard. I fall asleep easy. It's not quantity. It's quality. I fall asleep easy and I fall asleep deep. I've always been, I've always been very lucky with sleep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, uh, I've had very few sleep. I mean, I've had sleepless nights like everybody does, but no, I generally, I love it. That's great. But I also, um, it's one of those things that like too much of it, I think is, I don't know. I I feel like it does slow you down. But it is, uh, we found out in the episode with Matt Walker that every living creature sleeps, like every living thing, including even bacteria, have like a version have like of... a yeah have like periods of the daily cycle where they're pro- whatever you I don't know if meta- metabolic process is even the right word for a bacteria but like what their functions decrease yeah, in yeah. activity for a, for a section of the day and then boot up again and it's and yeah it is absurd how important it is because sleep seems evolutionarily like the worst idea from an evolution <laughs> right? from an evolutionary so point vulnerable of view. you're just yeah, yeah like everything. 
everything the every one of those is compromised evolutionary point of view which is look for food look for a mate and avoid danger every one of those is compromised by sleep for a third of the day well what's so interesting is that it's all set up for but the which, way which our, must the way our universe works important. like it, it seems like it all goes there's like a plan you know you do like well there's sort of a plan i mean everything shuts down around sex and <laughs> you know the temperature drops and everything <laughs> You know, you're supposed to, I mean, if you want to go outside, you can't see shit, and it's also colder, but, you know, and then, and then here's the sun. Yeah. So we have that, there's this period of time that's sort of set up perfectly for that yeah. particular activity. And Which why is it- they- it's happened the other way. Like, obviously, we've adapted to that existence, but, but also there must be an extreme importance to sleep, because for, for, the, for humans and all animals and all creatures to need to ha- to evolve to do this thing that is so seemingly damaging must mean that it's extremely important. Oh, of course. Me- well, if you look at animals, like they, the fact that they sleep is only because they're waiting to do whatever it is they were. Dogs, we laugh at because we've taken, well, we made them. We created them out of other animals. And then, but, you know, you're supposed to hunt. I mean, look how fast a dog gets up, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't have a moment of like, oh, fuck, hang on. I am not. I can't. Not I can't. Today. Hang on. Stop shouting. I'm not ready. You know what I mean? Like a dog will fucking snap to and be as awake as it's supposed to be, right? Right. Because yeah. they're meant to fucking hunt or whatever it is that they were originally meant to do. Yeah. You know, and I think human beings are the same thing. It's like you were supposed to be in rest until you weren't in rest. Yeah. There wasn't this whole jobs never worked in jobs was never a part of the thing having a job was never a part of the thing yeah yeah yeah. jobs and money were never a part of the evolutionary process so that's fucked us royally we made up this game that we all want to play and we have to stay awake during it yeah you know and and for it and and we fuck up the kids by making kids wake up even earlier than we do to go to school or very early when they're at this time american school is very bad like british school is early but it's not yeah it's like an hour or an hour and a half later there's there's been a push to, to push back uh Kids, uh, school starting times by like an hour, right? Campbell's Campbell Hall is starts at eight, and then on Wednesdays is nine, and they get out. They they all they're an hour later than everybody else, or oh, something like that. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. That's right. No, they're eight. They're eight. They're they're nine. Yeah, they're eight forty five. Hey, here's a quirk of evolution and a a case of genetic theft. A virus has been caught with a gene that codes for the poison of black widow spiders. So. Two terrifying things combined at last. <laughs> Spiders and viruses? The chunks of arachnid DNA were probably stolen by the virus to help it punch through animal cells. But its target is not the animal itself. The WO virus only infects bacteria living within insects and spiders. It was a surprise because bacterial viruses were generally thought to steal DNA only from bacteria. Uh, writing in the journal Nature Communications, Sarah and Seth Bordenstein from Vanderbilt University in the US. Oh, where Jesse is. Um analyzed the genome of WO, which belongs to a group of bacteria infecting viruses known as bacteriophages. Uh, WO targets the bacteria known as Wolbachia, which in turn infects the cells of insects and spiders. The virus that pinched a gene that codes for latrotoxin, which is the poison used by uh, uh, black widow spiders. Um, The toxin can break down the cell membranes of uh, eukaryotes, the domain of life, including animals, plants, and fungi. The researchers think the virus uses latrotoxin to enter animal cells and reach the bacteria that it targets. It may also enable the virus to exit cells when it needs to. So the finding is unusual because viruses that infect eukaryotes uh, 
or eukaryotes rather, usually assimilate eukaryote genes and viruses that infect bacteria. So it's usually just a yeah. bacteria on bacteria or eukaryote on eukaryote, but not crossing between the Yeah, genes. they usually steal useful bacterial genes. But the authors of the study say the result makes sense because WO has to contend with the defense mechanisms of two separate domains of life. Uh, during its life cycle, the WO virus is exposed to the internal environment of insect and spider cells, and the scientists found other genes in its DNA that may help the virus evade animals' immune system. Uh, too long, didn't read. Is Are we in danger of a, sp- uh, a virus that makes Spider-Man? A Spider-Man-ing Almost virus? Almost certainly. Okay. Sounds sounds uh, terrifying. Cough in your face and you turn into a Black Widow? Is what I'm getting from this? Uh... Yeah, but I think that's basically it. Okay, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't know. You, you, you probably get black widows around where you are because you're in the valley. They exist around like by the hills. A little bit, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of praying mantis and cricket where I live. Um, Those are way way cuter. They're um, I don't find any of the I don't find the bug world interesting <laughs> or cool at all. That's a fuck up. That was a mistake. <laughs> Bugs are not a part of the deal. That's a fuck up. The whole thing. That's a fuck up. Even ladybugs. That's not I even mean, on board for ladybugs. None of them. That one. They're even kind of gross. <laughs> they're all gross up close. They're disgusting. Bugs are vile. Yeah. Hate them. They yeah, really do. I get and, it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get. I don't get how we have. I mean, I. I. We all have a built-in extra fear of spiders for whatever reason. I don't know why the two extra legs makes them so much creepier. But I don't know why cockroaches get so much. Why people scream when they see a cockroach? Like that's just a big beetle. Like it's yeah, it's not uh, a good sign if you have one because they're because fucking it's... ugly and they're just they just they they just mean things have gone. They mean when things you have gone see wrong. a cockroach, right. right? Right. Yes. But they themselves like, are. Just you're just a bug. screaming at what you just scre- you're just screaming at the level your life has suddenly dropped to. Where you're like, why is this <laughs> in my life? What have I done? That this is, unless you're in Hawaii and you're like, okay. Palmetto bug. Yeah, give them a different name. Palmetto bug. That's another. The, the, I think that's a cockroach, bug. but they just call it that in They're Florida. They're all, yes, you're right. You got an upgrade. <laughs> um, um, yeah, they're just, I, I like, I just want to see a thing like when, when you see one, if, if, um, if it, like you could, like, I wish there was like an app or a way that it identified it and explained to you its necessity. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh huh. This is the. Re- there's right. a reason. This here's thing's why here. this is here's here. Here's what it does for you. Let me give you ten reasons why you shouldn't smash that thing with a pan. <laughs> Be uh, 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 <laughs> like right. There's just like it, well, like it filters. The, it, it should do something. Yeah. It should have we a, all we all know the legend of the bee, and we're all happy to we're all happy to share space with the bee. <laughs> we're all happy to take a sting from a bee, but nobody wants to befriend the hornet, the horsefly. The fucking wasp, Nobody. like just these Who horrible. The wasp? Yeah, yeah, you know. And so we should I just round like... them all up. They should have to plead their case, and then we decide which ones get to stick around. Like they get exactly it's like defending your it's, life, but that's right. Or it's also like World War Two. It's very similar. <laughs> you said round them up, round them up, round the bugs up. Get the I'm bugs a bug... on the bug train. I'm a full bugist. <laughs> I'm gonna get all methed out, and I'm gonna start figuring out what bugs gotta go. And I'm gonna, uh, and I'm gonna, uh, yeah, and uh, I'll say, uh, what, what were we saying? Like, uh, oh, about drugs. I'll go, those, yeah, I'll say, yeah, those are bug drugs. Bug drugs. Those are bug drugs. Yeah, I don't care for bugs. I'm not a fan. I, I have a house, I'm not bragging. I have a rental house up in Portland, and I've talked a bit about my tenant issues. It's no fun being a landlord. You don't get any sympathy, and you deal with some of the worst people. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. Um, and I've had people, just idiots also, like, there was one set of tenants who, called me frantically saying they, they found a black widow in the basement, which I don't even think is indigenous to Portland or to Oregon. Um, 
but whatever. I just trusted them. It was fine. I don't even know if, if it falls on me to have to take care of spider problems or if that's on you because you live there and the house is, you know, you have control over the cleanliness of it. Um, but I called an exterminator and scheduled a time. I'm like, okay, I'm covering this. He's coming out tomorrow. And then they called me back like 10 minutes later, like, oh, we just Googled that exterminator and uh, he uses some pretty harsh chemicals. So uh, we're going to use a We're going to call our own green exterminator. I'm like, do you or do you not think there are deadly black widows in your house? Because if there are, wouldn't you want to be like, yeah, fucking bring out the big guns, the big toxic chemical guns. We're going to light some citronella candles and uh, black widows do exist. What we were thinking about is some sort of a way to reason with, listen, we'd like to talk to the bug. That's all. We don't want to, we want to discourage it. Uh, I wouldn't mind talking into it, into killing itself, but it has to yeah. make the decision. We want to have an open forum. We want to have. We want to bring in all sides and every voice. Every, every voice, voice is valid. <laughs> Actually, you can say, "Well, you know what? As the landlord, what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill the bug because I don't want to hear from you again. So I'll pay for it and and I'll bring out the exterminator and you'll and, or you or you can go. Well, I said I'm up. This is how much I'll. Pay. This is how much this exterminator costs, and your green one costs more. I'll pay up to the cost of the real exterminator, and then you can do whatever you want. Like if you want to have a guy come out who's gonna, uh, you know, give you a, a voodoo chant and maybe to, yeah, coax the. <laughs> it'll do nothing. Fine, fine. Yeah, I know that. So that stuff is so weird. You're gonna ki- you want to kill the bug? Yes, that's, right. That's like we're already we're all, you're already working against God's plan. So you know. Uh, yeah, don't act like you're... Yeah. Right. And the last batch of tenants... Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've already complained to Matt. I'd spent two weeks trying to fix the damage they did to the house. Was this the the people who turned it into the Gay Town Academy for... No, that was a different set of... <laughs> it was a different house, actually. There's a whole... This could be a whole other podcast. Just... Um, <sighs> Landlording with Andy. Hey, uh... We like it when people send in stories uh, to probablyscience at gmail.com or tweet them at probablyscience. Uh, but we also always ask for questions, comments, and clarifications and corrections. And one of those came in uh, this week from uh, Twitter user Leanne. Um, hey, we covered a story a couple of episodes ago about intelligence being inherited from your mother. And uh, Leanne Oof. linked to a Snopes article about it. Uh, where it's unproven. Uh, oh, I can, yeah, it, I can, yeah, I didn't. My mom was a Stanford grad. Yeah, as savagely, <laughs> as savagely reported by Forbes, M. Eddie Willingham, according to the Snopes article, the second Nexus uh, article's main source of information for this new research was a woefully unintelligible March tw- uh, 2016 post from Psychology Spot, which cited a collection of studies that are decades old. Shit. Uh, the post itself took its trash can spot from two places. The first, a blog at a site called Psychology Spot. Uh, the Psychology Spot post is in turn a dumpster fire of poor information about genetics and embryonic <laughs> development, wow. citing 14 references to support its hodgepodge of claims. Of these citations, only one was published this decade and relates to maternal support in the first years of life, not brain genetics. There's no new research at all here. The other source alluded to was a cosmopolitan good housekeeping mm. article that uh, was circularly led with the same misleading suggestion that new research had been performed, citing that same problematic post as their source. This is why we uh, call the podcast Probably Science. Great. We're is- not, we can't vet everything. that we, we don't stand by everything. We're like Trump. We don't stand by everything that comes out of our mouths. Uh, these oh articles gosh, threw around right? in a variety of impressing-sounding terms, such as conditional genes, but failed to make a coherent case from the outdated studies they cited. To reach their conclusions, they made the following assumptions. One, there are specific and discrete genes that universally determine intelligence. Two, those genes are located on the X chromosomes. Three, that means the genes must come from your mother. 
the first notion to entangle. So yeah, each of them. Uh, firstly, on the subject of there being discrete intelligent genes, researchers can point to decades of work showing a large part of what they refer to as general intelligence. Variability can be explained by genetic variability. Um, meta-analysis uh, of studies comparing identical and fraternal teen, gene, uh, twins rather, yield heritability estimates of about 50%, indicating about half the total variance in uh, general intelligence can be accounted for by genetic differences between individuals. Uh, but that doesn't mean we have a detailed understanding of which specific genes relate to intelligence, nor do we have a great idea of how a variety of different genes would work in concert to build what we conceive of intelligence. Um, so there's that. Um, and then the second notion to dispel is that they're all located on the X chromosome, which primarily comes from observations that around 20% of the genes scientists currently associate with mental retardation are located on the X chromosome. And males... Mental retardation? Mm-hmm. And males gen- generally exhibit greater variability in intelligence than women, which is viewed by some scientists as the signature of a gene that would only exist on the next chromosome. Wait, that's, that's true? Men have a wider variance of intelligence than women usually? So that's what they seem to claim in this article. I have oh, never boy, heard of that. Just upset some, somebody. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Is it? I mean, that's not saying smarter or dumber. It's saying both smarter and dumber. Well, it, if it's a wider... it is... It, that would suggest that men would be more prevalent at the extremes of intelligence. Right, I, which I've Which never is heard. turns That's... quite a contentious con- concept. Yeah. Um, but I guess who's the dumbest... Right off the top of your head, picture the dumbest person you've ever met. It's it's a man. It's not a woman, right? God, that is so true. I can't picture a super dumb woman. Is that sexist? That's reverse sexist? I know, no, if you ask me to think about it, <laughs> if you ask me to think about it, certainly, yes. But like, yeah. what comes to mind first? No, I picture know some, a really dumb some... person, it's a man. Right? In then the if you picture a really sort of, smart person, you probably think of Einstein or Newton. It's true. But then that comes from most of the historically smart people came from a period of time when women were even, yeah, kept yeah. away, or Shakespeare or whatever, were kept away from those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shakespeare was a woman. You don't know that? Well, that is I, that right? No, I don't know. <laughs> it's five people. It's a woman. It's a dog. Like There's always, always like a I new know, theory about Shakespeare. Here's my biggest problem with the Shakespeare, well, the Shakespeare wasn't Shakespeare yeah. theory, right? Who cares? Then whatever he was, he was. You know. Well, yeah, it's kind of the, the the arguments always seem to revolve around. Well, the historical character who's like Shakespeare came from a sort of lower middle class family. His parents were illiterate. He wouldn't have known some of the historical references, uh-huh. so he would have had to have been some like real incredible autodidact. Mm-hmm. But whoever wrote Shakespeare's plays and sonnets was one of the greatest geniuses in the English language ever. Loads of people teach themselves how to read. Like, that's the least impressive part of Shakespeare's story. Is that he taught himself to read? Yeah, that he taught himself to read and learned about history. Surely, someone wrote those plays. And someone <laughs> wrote those sonnets. <laughs> and the fact, that, the fact that the person who wrote those sonnets was able to come from a working class background and self-educate and get to a higher standard. Like, it, it'd, be like it'd be like finding out, like someone telling you, yeah, I saw this act in the circus who balanced a car on his head and juggled lions, but he did the whole thing with a bad knee. And you'd be like, bullshit, did he have a bad knee? Like, I bet someone with two good knees did that act, and the bad knee guy took the credit. Like, it's like... Right, right, oh, right, right. Like, the that's the Not least sure. impressive part of his story. Okay, yeah, because whoever, whoever... Someone did it, whoever that person is, is amazing, yeah, and it stands to reason that a person that amazing could have also taught yeah. himself to read. Yeah, which which thousands, millions of people through history 
have taught themselves to read or, or ended up substantially better educated than their parents. Yeah, yeah. Only, like, Shakespeare's plays and sonnets only happened once. Like, that's the, uh, that's the amazing part of the story, oh, yeah. that any human wrote that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not that that human also managed to slightly better his educational standards compared right, to what you might right. expect from his upbringing. That's a good point. Very good point. Fuck you, Shakespeare deniers. Yeah. Fuck you, Shakespeare deniers. So, um, uh, in heterozygous females, the effects of any activated deleterious allele from one X chromosome in some cells of the body are likely to be offset towards the population mean by the effects of the corresponding allele in the other X cells of the body. Males experience no such buffering effects. So any de- deleterious alleles on the single X chromosome are expressed in all cells throughout the body. Oh, so, so, so if there is something on an X chromosome that might cause mental retardation in a, in a female, uh, there is more chance of the good version of that gene being on the other X chromosome. But there isn't the other X chromosome in the male. So that, so that's that buffering effect, inf- that tempering effect isn't, isn't there. Okay. Um, which well, might cause more variability in males in general. Like, males are more likely to be skewed by one offset gene. Okay. Um, so all this is to say, we're sorry that we uh, uh, delivered a story that was suspe- suspect last week, or two weeks ago would have been now, I guess. Uh, yeah. By the time this comes out. <clears throat> do we have time for one more uh, musical number? I think, oh, you want to do that story? Let's do that story then. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I was going to do a space story, but we'll save that for next week. Is that okay? Yeah, totally. Uh, Researchers restored the first ever computer music recording generated on Alan Turing's computer. Uh, This was created in 1951 on a gigantic contraption built by British genius Alan Turing. This oral, aural artifact, which paved the way for everything from synthesizers to modern electronica, opens with a staunchly conservative tune, the British national anthem, God Save the King. By the way, before we get into this and actually play the music, we should point out uh, all the links to the stories are at ProbablyScience.com, and that's also where the donation button is. We've recorded a couple of episodes close to each other, so we only have three people to thank. But thank you very much, uh, Keith Staffenfield. Thank you very, very much, James Cox. And thank you a huge amount, Justin Broad, who also sends in a load of stories. Um, Oh, as we were recording... Oh, that's what you just said. That's what I just Uh, added. Um... Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your monthly donations, both monthly and one-off PayPal donations can be set up through the link at probablyscience.com, mm-hmm. which is also where you can find the Amazon shopping link. Uh, if you are buying anything on Amazon, go through our link first, set that as your bookmark so you don't have to remember it, it'll autocomplete, and we get a kickback, it costs you no extra, that really helps us out as well, and the other thing that helps us out is by spreading the word, writing nice things about us on iTunes, uh, tweeting, Facebooking, subscribing if you're not already subscribing, particularly through iTunes, particularly through the iTunes phone app for some reason that really helps us and rating and reviewing the episodes as well really helps us. So thank you everyone who does all of those things. We very much appreciate it. So uh, let's hear this early music. Yeah, so Alan Turing which, uh, did you see the imitation game Greg? I loved it. Yeah. He's a smart I, dude. I, oh, and that's going to leave me I have, a, I have a science question for you guys. Okay. Do okay. it. Um, so researchers... Cumberbatch face question. Researchers at the University of Canterbury in Christchurch said um, that this sh- that this artifact they found showed Turing, who's best known as the father of computing, who broke the de- the World War II Enigma code, was also a musical innovator. Alan Turing's pioneering work in the late '40s on transforming the computer into a musical instrument has largely been overlooked. They said 
The recording was made 65 years ago by a BBC outside broadcast unit at the Computing Machine Laboratory in Manchester, Northern England. The machine, which filled much of the lab's ground floor, was used to generate three melodies, God Save the King, Baba Black Sheep, and Glenn Miller's swing classic, In the Mood. Oh, the yeah. Three best songs. Right? The only three songs <laughs> we will need from here on out. The three approved songs are as follows. <laughs> But when you in see, the mood's pretty good. I mean, that Glenn Miller—that's a solid. That's a solid. Do, 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 do we have to have in the mood? I'm worried that people could end up a bit too in the mood. <laughs> well, actually, when I play, Baba Black Sheep and God Save the King—they're the only two songs I need. God Save the King. None of this youth nonsense. Uh, but when UC professor Jack Copeland and composer Jason Long examined the 12-inch acetate disc containing this music, they found the audio was distorted. The frequencies in the recording were not accurate. The recording gave at best only a rough impression of how the computer sounded. So they fixed all this with electronic detective work, tweaking the speed of the audio, compensating for a wobble in the recording, and filtering out extraneous noise. So we have a two-minute clip of it. You guys want to hear some of this? Yes. Machine music from 1951, courtesy of Alan Turing. Let's, uh, let's stick let's... to In the Mood and God Save the King. <laughs> ba ba Black like Sheep. It. My word, what a song. The most beautiful music ever put to acetate. And then here's a section of uh, In the Mood with some editorializing. Oh, yeah, what? Machines obviously not in the mood, she said. Oh, man. Yeah. That was from 1951. 51 humor, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty That's a Hill. solid 51 comedy. <laughs> I love it. So that was courtesy of Alan Turing and courtesy of uh, these researchers at University of Canterbury who restored that audio. Um, let's see. While Turing programmed the first musical notes into a computer, he had little interest in stringing them together into tunes. That work was carried out by a school teacher named Christopher Strachey who went on to become a renowned computer scientist in his own right. Stretchy or Stretchy recalled that Turing's taciturn response upon hearing his machine play music was, Good show. Good show. Good show. Turing was a computer scientist, philosopher, and cryptologist who played a crucial role in breaking the Enigma code. And he's also been uh, he's been pardoned for being gay, which is nice. Posthumously pardoned. We talked about this like yeah. a, a while ago. Where they pardoned in our first episode, I think. It might, I think it yeah. was. It was certainly right at the beginning that they pardoned Alan Turing um, for the persecution for homosexuality. But like, I still don't think they have. I could be wrong, but I still don't think Britain has then pardoned everyone else who was who was yeah. The thou- chemically castrated yeah the being thousands gay. of people who were directly persecuted and the tens or hundreds of thousands of people who escaped prosecution but still had to live their life in shame and secrecy right, right. and for the fear of prosecution go like fuck you. so you have to basically win a world war <laughs> to get the pardon to, to be pardoned for something that should never have been a crime like yeah. that's the level to which you have to basically win a world war and found like be the father of all computing you have to basically found an entire branch of science and then and defeat maybe Nazis. 60 years after your death yeah 60 years will... like, get a grudging okay get a, all right well sorry about that sorry about how you're treated what about everyone else for the decades that yeah. it was a crime all right the gauntlet's been thrown down england uk great britain so, yeah i don't I, i'm gonna check now to see if they actually have now finally pardoned everyone else but uh do you think they have uh 
and then apo- I don't know if they pardon and apologize to everyone because there are people who are still there are people who are alive who had to live as gay people through the many many years when yeah it was illegal in the UK was it I mean I like, know there's sodomy laws in the US but there was was there the equivalent of this in the US or is it just kind of that acts could get you in trouble if like the police you know walked in on you in the US. I know there was that, but I'm like, was it actually that homosexuality itself was criminalized, or was it that these? You know, it's a right. it's a semantic difference, I guess. It's not really. I guess the answer is yeah. Yes. So like, you can be gay as long as you don't do anything about it or have any right. thoughts. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's as, those thoughts that are going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. as long it's as those you in, thoughts. As long as you in no way live your life with that knowledge. Greg, you do have a, you had a Cumberbatch question for us? No, here, yeah, yeah. So are you? Uh, uh, are you guys interested in seeing the um, Doctor Strange? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I was never a huge comic book. I had a couple years I was into comic books. That was not one I ever read. So yeah. I don't even know what the what the mythos behind Doctor Strange is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I no. It's just I've seen the trailer and I they they do that thing where uh, they uh, they do that kaleidoscope thing that's supposed to be like you know like when it, when you it looks like you're traveling. I guess I'm trying oh. to figure out what the science is. What it is. Sometimes they just throw random shit at you. You're supposed to. You're supposed to think. You know what I mean? Like the like kind of inception like warp, shit. Like warp speed kaleidoscope stuff. No, or what? it's like it's like uh, the city's now sideways, and then you're oh, like upside- the inception sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there ever? A, is that just a film trick? I think it's just. I or is there a sci- Is there an idea behind it? I think they're trying to like conjure up some idea of wormholey like bending space time, but I think it's bending just space a and film. time. I think it's just a yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. matt you know talk about like if you see inception like when the city folds up on itself and in the doctor strange thing like manhattan kind of becomes like a donut and there's a hole where buildings wrap around into okay i i haven't seen that but i think well they might be morphing it onto a thing called a climb bottle which is like the 3d the mobius four, strip yeah it's like the four slash 3d version of a mobius strip a Klein bottle? Yeah. So, so a Mobius. If do you know what a Mobius strip is? Mm. Um, I've never heard is, it. Yeah. If you take um, if you take a piece of paper, like a like a strip of paper, like a ribbon, and and connect it to itself. But before you connect it to itself, you give it a single half twist. So, and then you join it to itself. So that object, the sort of idealized version of that, is called a Mobius strip because it actually only has one side. Because if you think about it, if you were to draw along oh, one side, right, right, right. it would then, as at the flip, it would end up on the other side. So it, it only has one side. So the idealized version of that is is a two-dimensional object that just happens to exist in three-dimensional space, and it sort of turns in on itself. And there's something called a climb bottle that's the four-slash-3D version of that. It's like a bottle that turns inside out on itself that can only exist in an Ew. in a theoretical sense in 3D space. Wow. Um and that might be what they're sort of modeling, a sort of there's a So yeah, that's that's a picture of a I think there's an animation that Andy's playing right now of like what of a, a climb bottle, bottle would look like. Has, so has... it sort of half turns inside out but then sort of gets absorbed within itself and joins the outside. So if you traced uh you can't really make it in 3D. In, you can only model it in in our world because our world is three dimensional. Because of that, because of the fact that it has to go within itself on that side. Yeah, there. in in a 4D space, it wouldn't actually cross itself like that. In the same way that a Mobius strip doesn't. A Mobius strip doesn't actually sort of go within itself. Yeah. This is looking kind of phallic now. This animation, something. Uh... So the yeah. idea. You could trace forever, and you'd go in and out and in and out as you traced the outside of it, kind of. Is that, oh, that is what you said? 
All right, I'll, I'll post a link to this uh, creepy animation of the Klein bottle also over on probably Science. That's way more complicated than the, uh, than the trailer <laughs> the Doctor for Strange Doctor Strange, yeah. where, 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 where I keep wondering, are they not showing clips of him because his accent's super bad? Because <laughs> it sounds like his accent's really bad. It's, he's an American, I suppose. Yeah, I, I can't stop seeing the... Um, it's, it's one of those, you know, like, you know... Oh, this, oh, oh, oh. You know, uh, one of those ones where they just, he hasn't got, can't get his mouth around it? Yeah, yeah. American accents are hard. They're all hard. But the American accent, it can be very hard for some Brits. I never felt like Christian Bale ever really got no, it. No, no. I don't know why everyone thinks he's the greatest actor. No, I know. Like, struck me as like, are, he's trying so hard to sound he's, like... like eating <laughs> his, yeah, it sounds like he's eating his words. Some of, the guys, some of those guys are amazing at it. I think they get, they get cast a lot to be Southerners, right? There's some kind of like linguistic similarity between. I, I think it also accents. is that's the sort of it's such more of a stereotypical oh, yeah. American accent. Yeah, yeah, it's such a cliche. It's easier to do. Yeah, he's in a car wreck. We're watching the Doctor Strange trailer and, right uh, now. Man, shows up at his bed. Now he's, he's got a beard. Asia, some he's got a beard. It's trained and by. He's in kung fu, to, and he walks backwards uh, through glass, and then she's. The but then the glass becomes. And they both walk through it with no, uh, nothing happens. And we see the logo, logo for the Marvel Studios. That's the best part. There's a shot of a river, <laughs> Euphrates. And then, Tilda yep, said. there's the bald lady again. Tilda Swinton. Yep. Got okay, here we road. go. Tilda this is when everything road. goes. Okay. Kaleidoscopy city stuff. Yeah. He's Breaking walking in a fire, fire circle. And then they ended up out here by the ice. But he's ill prepared. Uh, he doesn't understand what's happening. Show me how. I'm from America. <laughs> I'm from an American. It wasn't the best area. Get off my plane. Yep. He's had to do a lot of acting in a room with green things and no Should people. Should we tell a is in it? Yep. He just wanders in. Oh, and then he's getting a kick. Yep. And then he gets a, ba- he gets a bath. Scene? No, bath. Yep. There's some kind of a... He's at a spa a and then they're surfing. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Uh, oh, oh, it's finally, that guy. The guy from... Uh, Mickle Mitchell. Oh, right. The guy that from... That is more uh, of a kaleidoscope effect than what we were, think, what we were talking about. But yeah. Well, there's coming, coming up because it's going to be kind of city bending, like Inception. Well, I yeah, tell you, yeah. without sound, this really does not look good. It, it looks <laughs> really... This, if you said this was on Sci-Fi Channel, you'd go, yeah, sure. I, uh, I'll see it. I mean, I'll see that. I'll see that. Probably, well, we I'm, have, so, like, I'm so superheroed out. Like, there we go. This one. Look at that. Yeah, the city bends in... I'm sorry we're doing commentary for a thing you guys can't see at home, but you can look up the Doctor If you Strange watch trailer. it at the same time as us, you'll have the same kind yeah. of fun. Oh, and he's running towards... Sideways I, buildings. I'm inside of a... Wait, is this a it's window a or... element. Oh, man, I'm wearing a cape. <laughs> That's what he says at the end. Oh, man, I'm wearing a cape. <laughs> really? Yep. And then That's, he gets this guy's number. And, nose, uh, no, no, he says, oh, man, I'm wearing a cape. And then he gets this guy's phone number. It, it's, so this is... <laughs> This is when Ben and Cumberbatch before you could be gay in this movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's not, and and then England will apologize to him. But he, yeah. Every superhero, like up, up and away, Superman and Doctor Strange is. Oh man, I'm wearing a cape. Oh man, I'm wearing a cape. Yeah. Oh man, I'm wearing a cape. It's so strange. And you're right on the nose. Doctor. Yeah. And I'm a doctor of all things. <laughs> yeah. It, this is really on the. You really. Yeah, that's on the, very on the nose. Very it specific. seems really specific. Mm-hmm. It seems like they could have spent more money on a script. Nope. Nope. Just the capes. Just got. Did they just get you to just describe? Did they film all the pictures first and then get you to describe what was that's happening? Right. And that's then, right. That's what I'm gonna. That's how that movie's gonna. I would like to just. <laughs> they just devise some scenes and they're like, Greg will come in later and do all the dialogue just by describing what's on, <laughs> yeah. on screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. We almost did. We did uh, one of those movie shows without uh, people being able to see the visuals. Right. Not as good, probably. I know. Probably well, not as good. Do you have any shows coming up you want to let our listeners know about or things they should? Uh, 
Um, what do I have coming up? Uh, I think the uh, it, it's it's looking like the Randy Monarchs will have a record, a, a five song record out before, um, nice. um, before the end of the year. We have one more song to finish, and then um, uh, I'm doing a. What am I doing? Just stand up. Has Randy Monarchs in Cleveland? Have you guys toured? Has the band toured much? No, it's never toured because Michael's in the Letters to Cleo, and they've just released a new record, and oh, okay. um, and Blair plays with Josh Groban, oh, among no others. Shit. He wow. plays with a lot of people. And um, yeah, so it's not really. I'll probably do something by myself musically at cool. some point because I I taught myself how to play and sing last summer, <laughs> and uh, not that that is anything that should happen. But like uh, I really, oh, you sing? Okay, I thought you were yeah, joking. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, play and sing yeah, yeah, at yeah. the same time. I've never tried. I've never tried to do it. And um, uh, and then I figured out the key to it. You know, it's like one of those. You know, those days you, you know, when you're working on something and finally you go, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just took a lot of effort. And so then I started um, buying, um, uh, I bought like a pitch shifting thing for my voice and, and a, you know, like a, a stomp box that has like effects on it a little bit. So awesome. I fuck around with that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been thinking about playing live in my closet on Periscope. Uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about, cause I had this little closet bedroom office thing and it's kind of cool. And I have a mic and a, a guitar and amps and stuff in there. And I thought I would do, do Facebook live. I might do it or Facebook live. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I'll do Facebook live. At least seven of the nine people that go on there <laughs> regularly will enjoy it. You'd be have you done anything on Facebook we, live? We've done. And I keep meaning to, I lost my, my phone tripod. It's the only reason we haven't done one from the new house. We did a few at the old place when I was, we recorded in yeah. my backyard and we got, a lot of people because unlike Periscope where you'd have to be on the app if you're just looking at your Facebook feed it's going to show up and because it's pretty new they uh, Facebook itself it, is promoting Facebook live stuff a lot I thought more it went away. I, for feeds. some reason I thought it went away I guess it didn't so no, no. I, one day I, there was a couple of these where you're like I felt like I was going to accidentally be on there because they were so pumping it. yeah yeah they definitely like back in the in the spring, it was a big thing. And then they had, I think, like, Chewbacca Mom was, like, this sort of breakout star of Facebook Live. That was the big, the first oh, huge yeah. Yeah. thing. And then since then, it's been a lot of, like, police brutality stuff's been captured. Like, it ended up being this sort of journalistic thing, you know? Like, Oh, right. Oh, I mean, people just I think, going I think that live. One of the, I think the, the, the woman who was sitting in the car while her, next to her husband, who was shot, an unarmed guy was shot by a cop. She was Facebook Living that scene and that got millions of views obviously um wow, but yeah but anyway facebook live is i think uh, agreed to have beaten periscope so do that one oh i will sorry periscopers if you're out there I... no periscope is a cool idea yeah yeah um but it, at the end of the day it's still the same the matrix is the same <laughs> am i interested in seeing you or not do yeah. i like you you know what i mean yeah. it's it's you know i mean who knew that it was going to be a chewbacca mom thing chewbacca mom thing you know yeah. Um, but that I might, I remember people talking about that and people thinking that was really funny. I mean, funny is a subjective term. It's, yeah. Well, you know, people do, you know, um, is she, now what's happened with her? Is she, uh, how's is she, doing? Is she, yeah. is she at a show now? She's, she's doing uh, she's taken over from Corden as the late, late show. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Is he already done? No, no, no. That would be insane. I think she's a Trump supporter. Isn't there something we're not supposed to like about her? Isn't there a secret to behind Chewbacca mom? It's not the best. That seems, but that seems right. That does seem like right. that doesn't even seem surprising. Like you're like, yes, of course she does. That laugh, the does. lack of self consciousness can only mean Trump supporter. Oh, Trump supporter. Yeah. So anyway, uh, listeners, go to gregorybarrett.com to find everything. Yeah. About yeah. Got a website. Like that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's big enough. I got a website, and it'll bounce you to wherever I'm performing a live concert in my closet. It'll happen soon. And you can check out all the back walking the rooms as well. All the back walking the rooms. Yeah, I'll probably. I mean, yeah, I might do a podcast at some point. I don't know. I mean, nice. I I did. I've I've, I've had two podcasts since uh, walking the room, and I didn't enjoy either. One was live, and one was with another guy named Bob Forrest, um, and uh, we did like a parenting podcast. Oh, okay. And they threw me out of his house. Uh. That's not what happened. Uh, but we don't, but, uh, it is what happened, but, uh, but you know, uh, yeah. So, but I do love podcasting. So it's, yeah, we've been doing it for long enough. I guess we must love it also. Why else would we be? Yeah, we're sure. stuck in it. We're stuck. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely carrying on with us. Uh, you can find us at probably science at Andy T Wood and mm-hmm. at Matt Kirshen individually and at Jesse case. Also Jesse versus cancer. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and questions, comments, clarifications, probably science at gmail.com. Uh, at, you can also Facebook us. Uh, you can go to probablyscience.com for the donation button and the Amazon shopping link. And please spread the word, write nice things about us on iTunes. Uh, have you got any gigs coming up that we should know about? I uh, I don't think I do. I mean, I'm heading to Portland tonight and I'll do some shows I'm up there, but this isn't going to be out. This will be out in two weeks, so it doesn't matter. But I guess, yeah, watch um, this upcoming season of Portlandia at some point. You'll see my Check face for a little bit. Oh, yeah, and also how to build on science. We keep forgetting to plug. Is still The season might be over already. Is it rerunning, though? I I'm should not know sure. this, but, uh, yeah. but you can still find the episodes online. Check them out, and you can also petition the Science Channel to bring back more. Yes, and the show that I worked on this summer um, will be on YouTube Red at some point. I don't know if I'm allowed to see the name or anything, but we'll let you know when that gets closer. Yeah, it should be like December, January. Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Dude, it was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.